section nine of from the latchkey of my bookhouse this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by michelle fry baton rouge louisiana from the latchkey of my bookhouse edited by olive Bupre miller john burroughs american eighteen thirty seven through nineteen twenty one john burroughs the beloved student of woodsman lore was born in roxbury new york and from his childhood always loved the woods and fields hidden away in the hills in the infinite quiet and seclusion of the woods he built the home called slabsides and there for many years he lived while his admirers and friends made loving pilgrimages there to see him important works wake robin fresh fields winter sunshine signs and seasons biner witter american eighteen eighty one through blank witter biner is one of the most modern of american poets conspicuous as a writer of free verse he was graduated from harvard in nineteen o two and became assistant editor of mcclure's magazine later he was instructor in english in the university of california and has spent a year in china collecting chinese poetry byron george gordon lord english seventeen eighty eight through eighteen twenty four stormy life was that of the handsome little lord byron who at ten years of age inherited the estate and title of his great-uncle shy and lonely he was fond of solitude yet capable too of the fieriest attachments he loved animals but of the ferocious kind a bear a wolf and a bulldog were his pets at different periods lord byron was lame from his birth and yet he took many a prize as a sportsman he excelled particularly in swimming and once like leander swam across the hellespont so headstrong was young lord byron that his whole life was darkened by his own ungoverned passions his restlessness often drove him to travel and he described his travels in europe in the poem child harold which made him famous having wasted his youth byron determined to redeem himself in eighteen twenty three by going to help the greek people who were struggling to free themselves from the outrageous rule of the turks but while he still labored for the greeks he was taken ill and died important works child harold carmen bliss canadian eighteen sixty one through blank bliss carmen was born at fredericton new brunswick at a meeting of canadian authors in nineteen twenty one he was crowned with a wreath of maple leaves as the most distinguished poet of canada important works songs from vagabondia carol lewis charles ludwig dodgson eighteen thirty two through eighteen ninety eight once there was a man and he was born in cheshire the county made famous as being the home of the grinning cheshire cat he was a lecturer on mathematics at oxford university and wrote very deep and learned books with such awful sounding names as mathematica curiosa but sometimes this same most learned professor used to go out on golden afternoons in a boat with three little girls the little girls would make believe that they could row the boat and busily pretend to guide its wanderings down the placid stream 
then they would all talk at once and beg the professor to tell them a story and order him to put in lots of nonsense and fun and plenty of wild and new adventures so the professor forgot that he was a professor and began to tell them a tale oh such a tale as he told while mathematica curiosa is long ago forgot the story that he spun out on those golden afternoons drifting down the dreamy river with three little girls telling him just what to do and interrupting him every minute that is the story that made him famous alice in wonderland cather catherine dunlap american contemporary Catherine Dunlap Cather was born in Navarre, Ohio. She taught school in various places in California and did newspaper work in San Jose and San Francisco, always uniting with these activities much public work in storytelling. For years, she has been a favorite contributor to St. Nicholas and other magazines. Important works, Educating by Storytelling, Boyhoods of Famous Men. Cowen, Madison Julius, American, 1865 through 1914, a writer of exquisite nature poetry, born in Kentucky. Cervantes, Miguel D., Spanish, 1547 through 1616, a quaint little old marketplace in a little old town in Spain, and a crowd of simple folk gaped about a band of strolling players. There sat young Miguel and watched them, open-mouthed with interest. A blanket hung over two ropes in the open square formed the sole decoration of this theater, and the actors went through the performance wearing worn old beards and wigs and clad in naught more elegant than white sheepskin dresses trimmed with gilt leather. Crude, and yet Miguel drank it all in, and the verses of those comedies remained fixed in his memory. Sometimes the young fellow took a hand himself at writing verses, but he liked adventure best and longed to be up and doing. As soon as the opportunity offered, Miguel left Spain and was off to Rome to become a page in the household of an envoy of the Pope. But the life of a page, bowing and scraping, was intolerably slow and uneventful, so he soon resigned his post and enlisted as a soldier in the Spanish regiment in Italy. At this time, Pope Pius V was organizing a holy league against the Turks, whose barbarous conquests and inroads into Europe were alarming all Christendom. This league consisted of the Pope, Venice, and Spain, and their forces were to be commanded by the famous Don John of Austria, a brilliant general who was half-brother to King Philip II of Spain. The fleet of these three states was the largest that had ever sailed under a Christian flag. It consisted of galleys rowed by a large number of criminals under sentence. In the Turkish fleet, the oarsmen were all Christian slaves. The object of the Allies was to recover the island of Cyprus from the Turks. But before they had sailed so far, they fell in with the enemy and fought in the Gulf of Lepanto. Miguel de Cervantes was acting only as a common soldier aboard one of the Christian galleys on that great day, but he behaved with conspicuous heroism. He placed himself at the head of a dozen men and took a position exposed to the hottest fire of the enemy. From here he boarded one of the Turkish galleys and engaged in a hand-to-hand -hand conflict with the fierce and barbarous foe. In the course of the battle, he received three gunshot wounds, two in his breast and one shattering his left hand, which was maimed for the rest of his life, but his conduct won for him the applause of all his comrades. The Christian fleet was victorious. 
one hundred and seventy turkish galleys were captured and fifteen thousand christian galley slaves set free a great storm followed this mighty victory and don john sailed away with his wounded men to messina here cervantes was given a special grant of money for his distinguished services but so eager was he to be at the front again that as soon as his wounds were healed off he went to rejoin don john a second attempt to destroy the turkish fleet however met sorry defeat and was followed by a long campaign in africa cervantes and his comrades at last took the city of tunis whose white walls had so long defied them but alas they held tunis for only a very short time soon the turks recaptured it and came swarming in again thus passed four long years of struggle during which time cervantes had known all the hardships of war the joys of victory and the sorrows of defeat having been away from home six years and finding himself now worn and wounded in his country's service he at length asked leave to return to his native land this permission was granted him and he left naples on a galley called el sol bearing letters from don john to the king in which don john recommended him as quote, a man of valor of merit and of signal services end quote but just as cervantes and his brother rodrigo who was his companion were rejoicing at sight of the spanish coast which lay glistening before them and smiling a welcome home there bore down upon them suddenly a squadron of turkish pirates under a hideous captain who was the terror of the mediterranean then followed a desperate fight but the pirate galleys were too strong cervantes and a number of spanish comrades were captured and carried off to africa there they found themselves placed at the mercy of a savage greek who was noted for wild ferocity as letters were found on cervantes from don john of austria he was believed to be a prize of great value for whom a large ransom might be demanded heavily loaded with chains he was sent off to algiers which for centuries was the stronghold of the fierce algerian pirates the city climbed tier above tier in gleaming white stones up the hillside from the coast to be crowned by an ancient fortress and there amid the narrow dirty streets the rich heavily scented oriental bazaars cervantes was held for five years a prisoner subject to every caprice of his conqueror and treated with sternest severity during his captivity however the sturdy spaniard never once lost his courage nor his gay and cheerful humor adversity brought out the finest qualities of his character persistently and with great ingenuity he organized plans of escape the failure of one plan never deterring him from setting to work at once to prepare another on one occasion he even succeeded in getting himself and a party of comrades out of the city but at the critical moment a moor who had been engaged to act as their guide treacherously deserted them the fugitives were obliged to return to algiers and cervantes was severely punished the next year a sum of money was sent over by the parents of cervantes but it was not sufficient to induce the corsairs to release him instead they let his brother rodrigo go rodrigo set out for home with secret instructions to request that a war vessel be sent from spain to rescue the others cervantes himself set about at once making all necessary arrangements to escape on this vessel he gathered together about fifty spanish fugitives and concealed them in a cave outside the city actually managing to have them supplied with food for six months while they waited at last after these long months of patient endurance the day came when the ship was to be expected cervantes and his comrades were in readiness to board her at once 
but just when freedom seemed so certainly in sight a traitor once again betrayed their secret to the pirates a force of armed turks discovered their hiding place and captured them cervantes immediately took on himself all the blame for their scheme of flight declaring that he alone was responsible though he was threatened with torture and even death he refused to implicate any one of his comrades the terrible governor hassan pasha before whom cervantes was brought was a monster of cruelty and did not hesitate as a rule to hang impale or mutilate his prisoners but on this occasion he was overawed by cervantes astonishing fearlessness and did little more than threaten still a third and fourth plan of escape were devised at last two merchants agreed to provide an armed vessel in which sixty captives were to embark this ship lay ready at hand when a spanish monk who hated cervantes revealed the plan to the turks cervantes himself might have escaped even then if he had gone off at once with the merchants and left his comrades behind but nothing could induce him to desert his companions in distress instead he came forward once more and gave himself up to the governor he was bound and led with a rope around his neck before hassan this time he fully expected to be hanged or at least to have his nose and ears cut off and indeed what would have happened to cervantes had not hassan still hoped to obtain a high ransom for him no one can tell as it was he condemned him to five months close confinement in chains at last at the end of five years friends and relatives in spain raised sufficient ransom money to set the captives free and thus after eleven long years absence cervantes made his way home he reached spain to find his family impoverished his patron don john of austria dead and no one to speak a good word for him to the haughty and selfish king philip the second spain at this time in fifteen eighty was at the very height of her power dominating the world by land and sea wringing gold 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 from her people at home and bearing it in great treasure ships from her distant colonies in mexico and peru imperial ambition and the worship of force were the keynotes of philip's character and he had little time to waste thought on a worn-out soldier like cervantes what heartaches were in store in spain for the gallant spaniard his services his work his sufferings were all forgotten and yet from these trials also he emerged sweetened and strengthened still in possession of his gay courage and his dauntless good humor in the most straitened circumstances he married and settled down and now there was naught to do but to take up once more his old pastime of writing the most popular spanish writer of the day was one lope de vega he wrote plays by the score and was rich and honored with many powerful friends while cervantes had no friends and no crumb of royal favor in fact of these disadvantages and struggling against poverty he wrote his greatest work don quixote no sooner did this book appear in sixteen o five than behold it found instant favor with the people but literary men criticized it and lope de vega from his height of superiority wrote quote, no poet is so bad as cervantes nor so foolish as to praise don quixote the books read in those days were mostly romances of chivalry recording the absurd adventures of wonderful knights-errant who wandered about rescuing captive princesses from castles and performing miraculous deeds of prowess all written quite seriously 
cervantes with his knowledge of life as it really was wished to ridicule this sort of literature and show up its absurdity that is what he did in don quixote but so fertile was his imagination and so varied had been his own experiences that at the same time he succeeded in getting into this book a wonderfully graphic picture of spanish life in his day bringing in all classes of society and also recounting many of his own adventures as a soldier moreover the broad humanity he had learned in his hard algerian experiences permeated with its sweet spirit all of the story see him old don quixote a ridiculous figure in a way and yet a most delightful gentleman filled with generous and high-minded sentiments in spite of the absurdity of his adventures he is always courteous and kindly the champion of the downtrodden and the protector of the weak from the name don quixote the word quixotic has crept into nearly every language in the civilized world and conveys precisely the knight's character it means a man with impossible extravagantly romantic and chivalrous notions who is yet a true champion of the right and a real reformer at heart great as the book was however nobody guessed in those days that it was to be one of the greatest books in the world translated into more foreign languages than any other except the bible and pilgrim's progress cervantes continued to live for some time after this in squalid poverty cooped up with his family in the poorest part of valladolid in sixteen sixteen he died in madrid and was buried with no ceremony no stone or inscription marks his grave thirty years later when lope de vega died grandees bore his coffin bishops officiated at his funeral and the ceremonies lasted nine days ah when will the world learn to judge the real value of men today lope de vega with all his splendor is quite forgotten while few names are more highly honored everywhere than that of miguel de cervantes don quixote retold by judge parry illustrated in color by walter crane chamiso albert von french german seventeen eighty one through eighteen thirty eight Albert von Chamiso was a young French boy of noble family who was obliged to flee from France in the terrible days of the French Revolution. He became a page to the Queen of Prussia and later served his term in the German army. He wrote very charmingly, both poetry and prose, but in his adopted language, German, not in his native French. The best known of his stories was told to amuse the children of a friend and has been translated into many foreign languages. It is the story of Peter Schlemiel, the tale of a man who lost his shadow. Chapman, Arthur, American, 1873 through blank. Arthur Chapman was born in Rockford, Illinois. He was at one time reporter on the Chicago Daily News and later managing editor of the Denver Times. He is the author of two volumes of poetry, chiefly poems of the West. Important Works Out Where the West Begins Cactus Center End of Section 9